Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. Really sought the Lord over what to minister today after 20 years. I think of all the victories and all the blessings. The enemy always tries to get you to think of your defeats, but we don't, we don't, we don't dwell on that. Amen. God has truly blessed us. All these wonderful friends and people. To, to, to see Miss Dodie, I told Leah, I said, we've got to go to Lakewood. I haven't been, and we've got to go see Miss Dodie. We've got to go. She's 89 years old and, and still strong and, and powerful, and uh, uh, she's my spiritual mama. And if I don't act right, she'll come down here and correct me. I guarantee you. If she ever heard anything negative about me, I guarantee you she'd be down here in a minute. And that's good. I said, that's good. You know, I like what Pastor Paul Chase said years ago. He said, what do you determine when you find a turtle on a fence post? Do you know what that, you know what you determine? He didn't get there by himself. And none of us get there by ourselves. Amen. And those days at Lakewood were so precious to me. I mean, just God just imparted so much to us. And it's, you know, it's not that the, the, the Osteen family, the Hagen family, some great people. It's the Spirit of God in people. It's, the, it's Jesus in people is what it is. And that, and, that, and that Jesus in people reaches out and ministers and touches the hearts of people. And we thank God that we're able to do that. Amen. Colossians chapter 1. I really sought the Lord over this. Uh, it's some things I've ministered on before, and it's a message I've preached before, but I, know if I, I don't know if I've ever come uh, from this direction. But, you know, here's the thing. Uh, a lot of people in the body of Christ, a lot of preachers, a lot of ministers, I talk to a lot of them, and, and then I, I look on the Internet, different ones I listen to, things like that. Uh, listen, it, I think that one of the things we got caught on as a, as a, as a, as a movement, as a move of God, is we got, re, we got caught really flat-footed after the, the, the charismatic move kind of came to an end, uh, the, the church really didn't have anything. What it thought it had was a great way to gather large crowds of people by telling them, we're not going to put any demand upon you. Basically, that's what the user-friendly, seeker-friendly quote movement is, is you gather uh, people and you tell them, well, you don't have to give. You don't even have to sing the songs. All you need to do is just come sit in the church. That's all you really need to do. And we'll entertain you and we'll inform you. And a lot of the ministry itself kind of went kind of psychological instead of spiritual. And it became very uh, palpable to the human experience because humans like comfort. Amen. You say, Pastor, why don't we have thousands of people here? It's not, un it's not comfortable here. It is not comfortable here. You say, what do you mean by that? The word, it's not me. A lot of people, they, they point at me and say, it's you. It's, it's not me. It's the word that we teach and the way we teach it that puts a demand on everything from your character to your money to your calling to your life. People don't really, uh, there was a time in which people really received that. We've been in other nations and, and been places where the move of God was fresh and, and just beginning. And people were willing to do anything. I've stopped, in other nations, I've stopped people from selling their homes. I'm just going to sell my home, give it all the money. I said, don't do that. Well, what, what can we do? What can we do to get this thing? Well, just give what you have. Just do what you can. Do something. I, uh, the missions director at Lakewood Church, a wonderful name, name named Bill Dearman, he, he coined the phrase, do something, at least you do nothing. Amen? So the Word of God, just like the seed, puts a demand upon the soil. The seed, if it could talk and say this to the soil, give me your moisture, give me all of your minerals and nutriments. If the farmer puts any fertilizer on the ground, give it to me. I know what to do with it. 
And what I'll give you is something you can't produce for yourself. I'll give you life. And next thing you know, here it comes up out of the ground. Awesome phenomenon. And God promised us when he took and rescued the human race with only eight members of the human family, after the flood of Noah, God said, as long as the earth remains. Not till the end of the old covenant. Not till Jesus comes back and raptures the church. But as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. There will be summer and winter. There will be heat and cold, day and night. It shall not cease. Amen? So when we understand that, it's not just some principle we whip out when there's an offering. Oh, if you sow. No, no, no. That every seed reproduces after its own kind. Really, the most, rele- the most irrelevant area is your finances because that's really the smallest blessing. But you plant that seed of salvation in your heart. You plant that seed of healing in your heart. You plant that seed of prosperity in your heart. You plant that seed of deliverance and of joy and of peace and of destiny in your heart. Then you water it with the Word of God and out of your life comes the fruit that that Word desires to produce. What's unique about every seed is it has power in it. I'm talking in the natural. You go to, the, to, to Home Depot or up to one of, the, one of the big nurseries up there in Houston, they got these racks of seed. That is full of power. All of that seed can produce. Even though it's in a little pack and it's a little bitty seed, you put it in the ground and you let it grow and then you reap off of it and put that in the ground and let it grow and you reap off of that and you put it in the ground and you let it grow. Next thing you know, you have a, you have a multi-million dollar corporation growing rice all over the world. Same thing's true of the Word of God. If you're not experiencing, now let me say this, if you're not experiencing the fullness of what the seed of the Word of God can produce in your life. Thank God you're coming here because we're going to teach you how to experience the fullness of it in all that you do. Amen? Now, this story, we're going to read in just a minute in in, 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 uh, Joshua. I've connected it to the revelation we have in Colossians chapter 1. Now, let's read Colossians chapter 1. Let me read it first. I'm going to read it first in my my King James. I'm going to go to my Passion. I love the way it reads in the Passions. Passion Bible. But in the, in the King James, they're in, verse, uh, they're in verse 6, chapter 1, verse, uh, is that 6? No, that's 9. Excuse me. It's upside down. It says, for this reason, <laughs> for this reason, we also, from the day we heard of it, cease not to pray and to make special requests. I'm reading the Amplified. Excuse me. From this, uh, for this reason, from the day also that we heard it, we cease not to pray and to make special requests for you, asking that you might be filled, now listen, with the full, deep, and clear knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom, in in comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and in understanding and discernment of spiritual things. Now let me say this to you. You must hear this today. There there are things that are very important in life that you must understand and know how to negotiate. Amen. You've got got your, or navigate, excuse me, better word. Uh, You've got your job. You've got your career. You've got your business. You've got your ministry. I have people here that are in ministry. Amen. You've got all of these things and you've got to figure out how to continue to, 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 to move forward. And these things are very important and very necessary to life upon the earth. Amen. I mean, you got to live upon the earth. But the most important subject 
that you need to be concerned about in your life, especially at this time in history, you must be concerned about spiritual things. About spiritual things. You say, what do you mean? Church and, and praying and the Word of God. And not only that, living, now listen to me, living in these incredibly prophetic times in which literally daily things are coming to pass, which is pointing toward literally the end of a dispensation. What an incredible time to be alive in life. How many other generations have ever been alive at the end of a dispensation? I only know of one, and that was the people that were alive when Jesus walked the earth. We're alive when he's fixing to come back. That's it. So you are a, you're a, you're a chosen generation. You're a special people. And listen, you thank God for baseball, hot dogs, and Chevrolet. Isn't that how it goes? <laughs> Maybe Toyota now. I don't know. Amen. Thank God for our nation. Thank God for patriotism. Thank God for everything that, that, that America... But listen, we have to be concerned about spiritual things. Because spiritual things are going to get you through this. Spiritual things are going to get you to the place you need to be. In the right church, at the right time, at the right place. Where when that eastern sky breaks one morning and that trump of an archangel sounds, you're not standing here looking at the bottom of our feet. That would freak me out. Amen. Man, read it in the Amplified. Verse 10, that you may walk, live, and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord. We have to live worthy of the Lord. We bear His name. I said we bear His name. He said, oh, I wish God would trust me with millions of dollars or trust me with a business. Well, trust He trusts you with His name. He'll trust you with anything you can develop the character to handle. Ooh, maybe we better not go there. Another message. Live and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him and desire to please Him, and desire to please Him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work, and steadily growing. Watch this: steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God, with fuller, deeper, and clearer insight, acquaintance, and recognition. Now, let me just say this. I want to commend you as a church. From the time COVID hit and we begin to navigate how to function in this atmosphere, I have watched you grow tremendously. Spiritually. Literally. I've watched it. Prayer. 122 days of prayer, and as we continue praying, uh, our special meetings, our just everyday routine of coming to church, serving God, giving, supporting mission, all of that has been maintained and increased by the growth, the spiritual growth of God's people. Listen, if we can grow spiritually, we'll grow numerically. We'll do it in the timing of God according to the Word of God where it will not destroy or harm us. Amen. Now notice what it says in verse 11. We pray that you might be invigorated. Remember, I'm reading the Amplified. Invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of His glory to exercise every kind of endurance and patience, perseverance, forbearance with joy. Pastor, how are we going to get through all this? With joy. I said we're going to do it with joy. You say, why? Because you're going to have to have some strength to get through it. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Glory.
glory to God. Mm. I just love the word. You just have to excuse me. Amen. Now notice what it says here. Giving thanks unto the Father. This is verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father, which has qualified and made us fit to share the portion, which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people in the light. You're qualified to share in everything that God has given us in Christ. You know, the Lord spoke this to me years and years ago when I first went into ministry because according to feeling, I felt so disqualified. I mean, I had been in sin for over 12 years. I had rejected the call of God. And where did, where did God send me? He sent me to the oasis of love. And, and people like Dodie Osteen, who knew me since I was a little boy, loved that right out of me. And God spoke to me one day and says, I have qualified you for everything I've ever called you to do, for every dime you need, for every door that needs to be opened, for every anointing and gifting that you need. I've qualified you. I will never disqualify you. The devil cannot disqualify you. But what he works overtime to do is to try to get you to disqualify yourself because you're the only one that can do it. You are qualified. You are qualified for healing. You are qualified for salvation, for prosperity, for a destiny of your life. Don't live just beat up by the devil, the world, and the flesh. Rise up in the things of God and be the overcomer that God's called you to be. Now notice this. Let me read that one again. I like it. Giving thanks unto the Father who has qualified and made us fit to share in the portion which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people in the light. The Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of His dear love, into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, which means the forgiveness of sin. Remember when we taught on the book? How, how, how we feel like God's got this little book, this little black book up there, and he writes down, oh, you said a curse word. Oh, you had a bad thought. Oh, you did. There ain't no book. Amen. There ain't no book. God took and poured the blood of Jesus on all the books of iniquity and sin, and they have been eradicated, washed away, never to be remembered against you. Amen. Glory to God. I'm watching Bella. <laughs> Praise God. Now, go, if you will, to the book of John. Oh, let me read it in the, I kind of read in the Passion Bible. Hold on. Let me do that. I'll read it real quick. It says, since we first heard about you, we've kept you always in our prayers that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives, making, I like this, making you reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. Isn't that what you want to be? a reservoir of wisdom and spiritual understanding. Because you can engage people in conversation. It really doesn't mean anything until you start bringing out the wisdom of God. You start sharing the revelation of God. Then that, that takes conversations to a whole nother level. How I many would agree with that? Amen. It says, we pray uh, that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing that you do. Then you'll become fruitful, bearing branches. Fruit, you'll become fruitful, Bearing branches, yielding to his life, 
and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. And we pray that you would be energized with all his explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory, filling you with great hope. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us, given to us by living in the light. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son all of our sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his blood. God's got us ready to move. Go to Joshua chapter 5. Move of God in Hawaii. They'd come to a height we had never known. People of that area had never known. Probably the pinnacle of our crusades, we had six churches co cooperating with us. One church in particular, pastored by a precious man, Brother Joe Solis, his wife Yvonne, had obtained new property, an old bank building there in Waianae. And the impossibility of doing anything in Hawaii was overcome by faith of God's people. And we began that crusade on a Thursday night in that new bank building, packed with people, all the air conditioners running, everybody's sweating. And God gave me this message about movement in the kingdom of God and about how our movement, you say, what do you mean movement? Well, you know, we've never stood still really. We've always been moving in the nations, moving in the area, doing something, least we do nothing. But it's amazing how now God is calling churches to start to move. See, we want God to move, but God cannot move outside of our movement. I know there are churches, I, I, I've heard ministers and I've heard messages. You know, we're waiting on this outpouring. We're waiting on this great move of God. Actually, listen to somebody this morning on TV. I got up early and was kind of waking up. I get up, everybody here drinks coffee. Well, well I drink water in the morning. Ice water, so that might help some of you know why I am the way I am. Amen. So I'm sitting there drinking, and I'm watching somebody, on a minister on television, and, and, and they had a guest there, and they were talking about this, this coming move, this coming move, this coming move, this coming and, and it was, and I agree, there, there, there's a coming move, a coming move, a coming move. But that's really not the question. The question is, are we moving so that when God shows up with this move, He'll connect to us easily. He won't have to get us moving. We'll, uh, I see it like a relay race. You ever seen those relay races? I used to run track, but I, I never ran in the relay races. But, but they used to run, and then they'd hand the baton. Well, they'd always hand the baton to somebody moving as fast as they were. That's how, that's how those relay teams get so good, is they learn that transfer of that baton from one runner to the next. And when that runner puts his hand, if they drop it, woo! I mean, that's, they're done. They can be the fastest team on the, on the track. But if they, get that, if they make that transfer and that baton is transferred, they'll run around that track and win that race. And the same thing is true of the move of God. If you're not moving, if you're not moving, then God's going to have to get you moving to move for you.
But if you're moving, then there's something about your movement and our movement as a church that shows something to the spirit realm that the spirit realm does not like. The demonic powers of Galveston Island, Galveston County, all the destruction it's trying to bring in this area over the years, all of the broken hearts and broken families, all the devil has tried to do. Listen, it rises up in vengeance trying to stop anything that is of God that moves. You say, why? Our movement demonstrates their defeat. Now, Joshua chapter 5 bears this out. Look at verse 1. It says, It came to pass, when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan, westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord, now notice this, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart melted, neither was their spirit in them anymore. Why? Because of God? No, it says because of the children of Israel. Now we know it's because of God. The testimony of God had resonated and been rehearsed throughout that area for 40 years. And people living out in the desert. You hear about how they got out there in the desert? I said, man, I was driving through the desert the other day. Man, I looked like I came up on a city out there. There were thousands. Of, what in the world's going on out there in the desert? Oh, you haven't heard? Those were the people that were in Israel 25 years ago. I mean, in Egypt 25. In Egypt? Yeah, they were all, they all the slaves that were in Egypt. You didn't hear about that uprising? Uprising? Well, they challenged the very Pharaoh himself. And then, quote, their God delivered them. And when their God delivered them, they took all the money out of Egypt. Now, they're sitting out in the desert with all this wealth and all this. Well, what are they doing out there? Well, somebody said their God said they're looking, looking for, how's it go? Looking for, for, for a land, a promised land, a land that flows with milk and honey. Well, they're just sitting out there. 25 years, 30 years, 35 years, 40 years? Well, ain't nothing not going to happen out there. Those people have been out there 40 years. That ain't never going to happen. But in that 40 years, nothing was happening outside the camp, but something was going on inside the camp. Amen? Now notice this. You got to kind of chop this up a little bit because it's, it, it gets redundant on one issue. So we'll, 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 we'll bust through that real quick. It says, at that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. The word circumcision means cutting away of the flesh. Amen. And that was their, that was their ordinance of covenant in that dispensation was circumcision. Notice that was the first thing the Judaizers tried to bring into the move of God was circumcision. If you're not circumcised, you can't serve God. Well, all that was was an ordinance of the children of Israel that God put that demand upon the children of Israel. So Joshua said, we're going to sharpen up the knives and we're going to cut away some flesh. Nobody amen. And nobody amen. You know, everybody's like, when's this going to take place? You know, I'll be sure and miss church on that day. Amen. But the same thing is true in the kingdom of God and the body of Christ today. God comes with a sharp knife and He starts cutting away your flesh so that your flesh will not dominate you. Your flesh tell you what you can or cannot do. Your flesh tell you how you're going to serve God or how you're not going to serve God. God takes the sharp knife of the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and 
sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder that which is the spirit, soul, and body, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. My grandma Hanson, in her old prayer warrior's Bible, right next to that, she wrote this note. God is unwilling to allow the full power of the sword of the Spirit to be put in any man or woman's hand until they're willing to turn that sword first upon themselves. There's some things God just wants to cut away. And I believe right now God is doing a powerful work right here in Island Church, just cutting away some of the things in our life. Some things we thought we could live with, some things that make us comfortable, but it's anything that would hinder you from entering into the fullness of what the Spirit of God, the power of God, and the anointing of God wants to do in your life and family. But now notice this. When they got moving, their enemies started shaking. When they got moved, listen, the enemy on this island, as far as island, I can't speak for other churches, but I can speak for Island Church. When we got moving, he got mad. When we got moving, he realized the pearl of the gulf. I have designs, what the devil how the devil thinks. I have designs on Galveston Island. It's going to be the Las Vegas of the upper Texas coast. If you hadn't seen, man, I remember the days when we all worked. You say, what do you mean? Where any man on the island could go down to the waterfront, haul bananas, pitch rice, make good wages, make a good living. They've worked and worked and worked over the years to literally destroy the economy of this city, thinking that one day they're going to have gambling. But see, the God always slips something in there what makes the devil really irritated and mad like a revival or a move of God. Yeah. It starts as a seed in the heart of usually a couple and they begin to share it and people begin to pray and then people begin to be gathered not by, the, not by the gift of a man but by Jesus himself. He begins to gather his family into an area. They begin to contend for the move of God. They begin to have compassion on the nations. They begin to want something to stir in their church that produces signs and wonders and miracles and as they get moving in that, the enemy gets very intimidated because they realize we are defeated and there's nothing we can do to stop them. So what we have to do is try to get them to stop themselves. Ah, you know, I can see the devil planning COVID. He said, do you think the devil planned? I think the devil plans every negative bad thing on the earth. I can see him wringing his hands going, we got, we're going to shut down the churches. You know that Easter, the churches on the earth were vacant. The first Easter since the resurrection that the churches on this planet were empty. I don't think God liked that at all. I think he's looking down on that and saying, that's not going to happen again. We're not doing that anymore. And God began to stir people. And people begin to pray and intercede. And begin, people begin to realize the value of their spirituality over the value of their soul and their flesh. And they begin to realize this is the last of the last days. We must contend for a move of God. If we don't have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, we're not going to have anything. We're going to be dust and ashes. But God has something for the last days that the church has never experienced before. He said the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former house. And I'm telling you in Acts chapter 1, 2, 3, 4 all the way through chapter 28 he poured out the Holy Ghost, poured out the Holy Ghost, poured out the Holy Ghost signs, wonders and miracles. The devil has taken 2,000 years to try to get it out of the church. But he's got all these little burrs in him. Of churches like this that won't quit, that won't give up, that oppress in no matter what and declare the glory and goodness of God over everything the devil's trying to do. It's just time we start moving. 
Go down to uh, the scriptures in between them basically speak of circumcision. Go down to verse uh, go down to verse 8. Came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people. Now notice this. That their abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. Now listen. Your church experience is a part of God bringing wholeness to your life and family. Along with prayer, along with the Word, your own personal study and meditation on the Word of God. But your church experience, obviously God likes big families. He's got all these people in Israel. He's got all these people down there. They're out in the desert, but he gave them a promise. You're going to possess a land that flows with milk and honey. The promised land. He told them it's yours, but they had to go in and get it. They had to go in and get it. Now notice here again. Came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, now notice, this day, this day, I, have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you? Wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. Now, you gotta gotta do you have to do a little historical study. Because when they came out of Egypt, they looked and smelt like Egypt. They dressed like Egyptians. They put on the garb of the Egyptians. They wore the, they wore the jewels of the, of the Egyptians. They had the mindset of slavery and mentality. And God brought them out into the, out into the, out into the desert. And he didn't, listen, there was a direct route right to the promised land. And God took them like this. But you know, the Bible says he led them in easy stages, which means he didn't put anything too difficult. He wanted to protect them. He wanted to keep them. He wanted to get them to Mount Sinai, give them the law and bring them into the promised land. But see, the problem that they had is they looked like Egyptians. They smelled like Egyptians. They wore the jewelry of the Egyptians. And all of that had an effect upon their lives and they rejected the promise of God. But I'm telling you, that day when Joshua was circumcised, that new generation, he looked around as they abode in their tents till they were whole. I'm telling you, there is a camp for every person, for every person on the earth that dares to serve God and love God the way the Bible says to do it. There is a camp for you. There is a place for you. There is a church for you to get into and to grow and to flourish and to move with them into the things of God. Amen. So here's all these, all these people that are starting to move. And he says, I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt. Now you study historically, you'll see that 40 years, yeah, it was negative because the Bible says all men that were men of war died because they believed not the word of the Lord. But you know what he did? They found an identity that 40 years to where they begin to look like Israelites they begin to act like Israelites. God gave. Now listen to this. This will blow your mind. Because there's, yeah, have you ever heard of Zadok's jewelers in Houston? Did you know who God gave the knowledge of how to make jewelry to? A man named Zadok in the wilderness. 
God anointed him because he had a lot of work to do to take care of the priest robes and all the gold. They did not smell like Egyptians any longer. They did not look like Egyptians any longer. And because of their willingness to undergo the ritual of circumcision, they did not have the mindsets of slaves anymore. God had raised up a people in 40 years that was willing to go take the promised land. Amen. So the reproaches rolled away. Now notice this in verse 10. Is this okay? I'm a little over time. Can we, can we do this? This is our 20th, amen. amen. Children of Israel encamped in Gilgal, kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month, even in the plains of Jericho. And now notice this. They did eat of the corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes, parched corn the selfsame day. Now notice in verse 12. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Now notice this. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore. They did eat of the fruit of the land of Cana that year. Now I'm going to close with that because I want you to understand something about how God's doing things here. We've always had a healthy flow of seed time and harvest here. As long as Israel remained rebellious to God and in the wilderness, they didn't have seed, nor did they have anything to plant it in. Now think about that for a minute. They're out in a desert. Do you know what a desert is? A desert is a place that used to be a forest in whom all of the soil had been depleted and it can no longer sustain plant growth. Amen? I was down in South Texas several years ago and I was talking to a man who'd been down there for many years, Mr. Bill Carter. And I asked him, I said, Mr. Carter, have you ever done research on what this land looked like? Oh, wait, you know, 100 years ago, 200. He said, oh yeah. He said, I, I've, I've been in all the libraries in, in Laredo and all. And he said, this, this whole South Texas, now think about this. He said, this whole South Texas area, all the way up to about Waco was a solid sea of grass. He said there wasn't a cactus, there wasn't a mesquite bush, there wasn't a, he said all, there were little streams that ran through the seas of grass and that's where you saw trees and stuff like that. But he said there were millions of buffalo scattered from Laredo, northern Mexico, all the way up into the plains of the United States. And they would come down here in the winter and winter in this big sea of grass down here in South Texas. But they don't look like that today. There's prickly pear cactus, there's mesquite, there's all these evasive species. And you know why they're there? Soil's been depleted. And these evasive species can get into soil when your soil is depleted. Israel had no seed time in harvest. Israel for 40 years did not plant, plow, or hoe. There was nothing there for them to plant. Manna cannot reproduce after its own kind. They had no seed. They had manna. Manna sustained them. Now here's where the church has been for many years, not our church in particular, but the church universally has been in a place in which we need the manna. We need the manna. We need the manna. Manna is, is depictive of a lifestyle that needs a miracle every day. And you tell people, oh, you need to live a lifestyle. You need that's, No, God does not want you living a lifestyle in which you need a miracle every day. I heard a minister say this years ago in a large crowd, five to 6,000 people, he made the statement, and I'm telling you, you could have heard a pin drop. He said, God gives you miracles in areas in which you're unwilling to believe him for. 
And because of his great mercy and love for you, he just gives you a miracle anyway because you're his child. But that's not God's best. God's best is not the desert and manna. God's best is the land that flows with milk and honey. God's best is the promised land. Referring back to the scripture that we looked at in Colossians, and the reason I reference it is it says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, but he has also translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. The Lord showed me this years ago. He said many churches have been built. They've lived. They've died. They've grown. They've gone down. He says, but the problem has been there's been a great crowd that has come out, but a very small crowd that has ever gone in. You have to have two crossings in you. Yes, you've got to come out of drugs, alcohol, pride, whatever it is that's destroying your life. You've got to come out of that, but you've got to, you've got to be translated. You've got to come into the promised land, that which God says belongs to you because you're redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's just for a second talk about that. It begins with salvation. Promised land is not heaven. I don't get very many amens on that. But the promised land is not heaven. The promised land is everything God has provided for us in Christ Jesus. And there is a particular protocol that God loves for his children to follow in order to receive all that God has for them. And I'm telling you, the devil works overtime to try to get people to not receive these things that God has. Number one, salvation, your entrance into the kingdom. Oh, how precious. What a miracle. That a man or a woman is lost in as much darkness the devil can provide upon this planet. In a moment of time can go from darkness to light, can go from death to life, can be forever, forever transformed and changed by the life and power of God. So that they're not just a fixed up old replica of something, they're actually a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Did you know that's entering into the promised land? Did you know the second promised land promise was a command? from your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said to his disciples to tarry in Jerusalem. It says he commanded them, commanded. Listen, salvation is an invitation for the world, but the baptism in the Holy Ghost is a command from your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that you enter into because he knows he has to spiritually equip you to live on a fallen planet where there's a fallen system and you just can't do it with a few beads around your neck and a cross. I don't want to in insult anybody, but you've got to have some power. And the Bible says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Your first crossing is when you crossed over that Red Sea and came out of Egypt into that which God says is your promised land. Your second crossing needs to be the baptism in the Holy Ghost which brings you into the promised land and illuminates your mind and lets you see all these wonderful things that God is doing. You know, we, we talk about all these wonderful friends and people that we know. People that come here and stand in our pulpits, teach and preach the Word of God. Did you know there are millions and millions of people connected to that? That are connected to, to, to what we like to call the biggest little church in the world right here in Galilee, connected to us. You say, what is that? That's a promised land connection. How people are entering in and we're entering in with them into something marvelous. Something that probably has never happened on the earth as it's fixing to happen in the dimension and depth in which it's fixing to happen. We're crossing over with our friends in the Philippines. Crossing over with our friends in Ireland. Crossing over with our friends in Nicaragua and Costa Rica and in Haiti and Cuba and the Dominican Republic. Crossing 
crossing over with our friends in Africa, India, Asia, and Hong Kong, crossing over with all those that are of like precious faith that realize we got to get moving. It's time to start crossing the Jordan. God's going to give us the miracles that we need, but we're going into a place in which our seed time and harvest is going to be so pronouncedly supernatural that the Bible says this, the seed sower will overcome the plowman. Do you know what that means? That means as soon as your seed hit the ground, it comes up in the harvest that God says it's supposed to be. Then you, then you enter into healing. I know we all fight sicknesses, diseases, but listen, there's a seed of healing that needs to be planted on the inside of you where every day you're rejoicing over the healing or the healed that God sees you as and the healed that he calls you where you're declaring, thank God by his stripes I'm healed. Thank God I've been delivered from the power of darkness. Thank God greater is he that's in me. Thank God the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it dwells in me, it quickens my body, my death doom mortal body. You say, well, that's talking about heaven. No, it's not. There's no death. Death in heaven. Death doomed bodies exist on the earth and that's where we need God's healing power. Amen. Prosperity. I'll supply all of your need according to your riches. Over 2,000 scriptures directly related to giving and receiving in the Bible. God hates poverty. He is a God of extreme excess. He put all those stars in the sky. I look up there sometimes. Lee and I one time we went on a, on a, a, on a sleigh ride to Hemingway's cabin up in, up in, uh, up in uh, Idaho. The stars, I have never, you know, I'm an old coastal boy that lives next to a city of 7 million people. A lot of light comes out of there and we don't really get the stars the way we should. But man, you get up in those mountains and it was a cold, remember how cold it was? It was like 15 degrees and just this sky. I never knew there were stars like that in the sky. But there were seas of stars. stars. I mean, you'd see clouds and you'd look closer and it was clouds of stars. You say, why? God's an excessive God. He's not the God of enough. He's the God of more than enough. And he put a protocol and a plan in his word to prosper and bless you. God doesn't, pl- God doesn't bless lazy. God doesn't bless rebellion. God doesn't bless doing things your own way. But if you'll line up with the Word of God, I'm telling you, prosperity you've never dreamed of will come into your life in a way you never dreamed it could come. And it will come good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. God will bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you. Amen. Oh, thank you. Can I do one more? Because we really need this one. Really need it for this day and hour. Peace of God. The Bible says it passes all understanding. That means when you don't understand why you should have peace. Pastor, the, uh, the, the world's going nuts and, and the politicians are going nuts and, and the, uh, the millionaires and billionaires are going. It doesn't matter. God can give you a peace that passes. When you don't even understand why you should have, you just go, hmm. Everybody's freaking out. you just like, they want to know what you've been smoking, what you've been drinking, what you've been taking. Tell them I'm high on the most high. So your little highs are nothing. That cocaine, that weed, I'm high on the most high. Amen. And you begin to realize that's what garrisons and guards your mind. In intercession and prayer over the church, both, both, both in our prayer room and in my own personal prayer life, I think in the past two years, I have addressed with the authority of a pastor fear and panic more than any other spirit. 
I mean, I'll just be praying and, and, and I have this way of intercede. I'll pray the word and then I'll pray in tongues. I'll pray until something kind of rises up and I'll start praying. And I'm telling you, many times it's been that right there. I bind that fear. You're not getting on Island Church. That medical fear, that financial fear, that fear of that which is coming upon the earth. The Bible says men's hearts will fail them for fear of that which is coming on the earth. We see that all over the place. They say heart disease is up like 50-something percent. They say people are just freaking, freaking out. Our mental institutions are filling up. Drug addiction is off the charts. People have no hope. They have no hope. They're hopeless. They're looking for some physical feeling to pacify them for a few moments so that they can feel something they've not been feeling. But you can serve Jesus. And the Prince of Peace can come into your life. And no matter what you're going through, that Prince of Peace can bring His revelation and reality into your life as we enter. You say, well, Pastor, on your 20th anniversary of Pastor Island Church, what do you see? What are we going to do? We're going to get moving. We're going to get moving. God's raised up a structure we've never had before here. We've got wonderful in-house ministers We've got ministries working out of the church. Alan and Pat work out of the church. Some of you others go out. And do, we've got people who can preach the word. Amen. And how many pastors and how many ministers have stood in this pulpit and said, you're going to have to let your pastor go? That don't mean I quit the church, quit pastoring the church. That means I'm able to go into that third phase of ministry. Let me tell you a couple of things that will help you. Dr. Lester Summerall traveled the world, built churches all over the world. He's in 140 three different nations. He built a wonderful church in South Bend, Indiana. Then he left the church. A friend of mine asked him, he said, why'd you leave the church? He said, I, it was foolish. I shouldn't have done it. And he said, I beg God on my knees every day till he did it to give it back to me. And God gave it back to him. Every ministry that affects the world has to have a base. Island Church is my base. Island Church is my base. But the world is opening up more and more and more. And we have to go. Listen, church, we have a, a, a couple right now that has written us and asked to come to Island Church to prepare to go to the mission field in Ireland. Am I correct? I've read their letter. We're going we're gonna to bring them here. There's, soon there's going to be a couple coming here. And they're both, they're, both, uh, 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 they're not Americans. Italian, Italian and Irish. And they, they, they contacted the, 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 our pastors in Ireland. They said, you need to go and spend one year at Island Church. Then you come to Ireland, work with us. Did you know we, we'll have many of those types of people in the months to come? You say, why? Listen, although the enemy has really fought and, and there's a locational issue, you say, what? well, we're in Galveston. Amen. Then there's uh, issues of, of a lot of people that just really need to be healed of the offenses of things that have happened even in this area over the years that have caused great bitterness, hurt, and pain. And man, our hearts so go out to people like that. But listen, church, this world is teetering on the brink of disaster like it never has. I don't think we're near as aware of it because with the massive amount of information that we have access to, there's been an incredible, how can I say that, Lord? An incredible effort to psychologically dumb people down. And let me, let me explain that to you. To make you feel like you're helpless in the midst of it. Pastor, I can't do nothing about COVID. Pastor, I can't, I can't do anything about 
the, the, the uproar between the political parties. Pastor, I, I can't do nothing about, about poverty, uh, about the increase of drugs. I can't. Yes, you can. You're the only person that can. If government programs could stop it, it would have stopped them years ago. If there was a willingness in our government to stop a lot of things, it would have happened years ago. But we're on a fallen planet, and the race of humanity has fallen. We are God's chosen children upon the earth to bring that light and to bring that life and to get moving in the things of God. And God will demonstrate His mercy, His power, whew, and His grace as we continue to move forward and supply every need as we just keep stepping forward. Keep stepping forward. Keep doing the will of God. Lift your hands and worship Him. Father, we worship You. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We glorify your name. We worship and glorify. Worship and glorify you. Worship and glorify you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Now, Lord, as you've been stirring in my spirit, Acts chapter 4, behold their threatenings. Grant unto our us servants, your servants and your children here on the earth, that with great boldness we can speak your word. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Let signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. Now this, this is something the Lord's placed in my heart. I know there are several here. You are believing God to be healed. I, I've watched your faith. I've seen you in our services and in our prayer lines. Diseases like arthritis and diabetes... Things, what we call life diseases that people have to live with. The Lord spoke to me and He said, begin to pray for them. Well, we've, all, we've laid hands on many, some of you, you know, enough times to rub all the hair off your head. The Lord said, no, go back to the dynamic of the river. I said, what does that mean, Lord? He said, name and dip seven times. He says, the anointing is going to begin to come in stages. People that understand. Now, let me just say this. That's, that doesn't mean I'm calling you up here to be healed. I'm calling you up here to reinforce healing that's already in the, on the inside. It's working in you. It's working in you. And through the ministry of laying on of hands, we believe for an acceleration where that arthritis, that heart disease, that diabetes, that, that all the other maladies that they call life diseases that you think you have to live with, you don't. The Bible says they abode in their places in the camp. Yes, 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 yes. And depression. Because the enemy's really using that beating stick of depression to try to rob the joy from God's people. Hallelujah. Listen to me. We're going to begin quickly to see growth numerically, financially. The Spirit of God showed me Basically, the last arrow the enemy has in his quiver to shoot at us. Amen. I like it when his quiver gets empty. But the Lord spoke to me, said, in the midst of growth and development, many will label us as fanatical and radical. But the Lord says he's going to turn the tide on the enemy because there's multitudes of people on this island that are so tired of religion that they're going to come for something that's fanatical and radical. Amen. Isn't that good? Lift your hands. Let's worship for a moment. 
Hallelujah. 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 Now hold on, hold on, Alan. Where'd, you, where'd Pat go? Oh yes, yes, there's a change coming. For the doors have been small, but you've been effective. But the greater doors will open. And the time will come when you'll have to go together to minister effectively in the anointings and giftings that are upon your life. So let the draw of God for this only confirms that which I've been dealing with your own spirit about for many months. Let the anointing of God make the way. Don't try to force it or make it happen. Just let it happen in peace and in righteousness. And you'll see one day as those, as those doors open, truly the Lord has been faithful to bring us to this place in things of the spirit and of the word to be an effectual blessing and to be used in the end time. Now, Father, we release, we release that in them, in Ella, it's just an attack. It's come to pass. Pass. Whereas, one book has come. Others are there to be explored, researched, and delivered. And the years left in your life, Terry, the Lord Terry is coming. You will become known as a prolific author, writing simple truths to bless multitudes of people. Father, we release that in her. We bind every foul spirit that tries to hinder that. We release the health of God and the blessing of God. And in Ted, that'll walk beside her in Jesus' name and live out their days upon the earth in strength and power. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm, I'm working to remember a name. Hold, hold, me, hold on. Help me just a moment. Thank you. I get, get in the anointing many times. My mind just doesn't work. Praise God. Hallelujah. Freddie. Fred, Freddie, Fred Smith. Freddie. Raise your hand, Freddie. Praise God. You and, you and your wife, wave your hands at me. Praise God, both of you. Now, here's the thing. You've always thought this about your experience that you're having. It's good to come. It's good to sit. Sometimes I get such peace. Things are, but the Lord wants you to know He has an assignment for you guys. You've, you've spent so much time trying to recover from life, <laughs> from things that have just happened in life, that you've not, you've not even considered that God has something for you. But God has something wonderful for you. Not just to, not just to survive in the days ahead, but to actually to be elevated in front of all your friends and family where they can actually see, the not just hear about, but see the blessing of God upon your life. Because the Lord says, your life will speak louder than your words ever will. So serve me with all of your heart and the dream of your life will come to pass quickly and you'll see truly it's a wondrous work that the Lord has done. Amen? Does that help? Amen. Lift your hands and receive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Nobody's insignificant. Nobody's insignificant. God's got something for everybody. Got something for everybody. Wow. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, just worship him for a moment. Worship him for a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Rob, you said, Lord, if you'll just give me my marching orders, I'll go. <laughs> Amen. The Lord says you're being equipped and retooled. You're being equipped. Now, now, not everything in your past needs to be thrown away. There is some grace and there's also some protocol which you learned in ministry that it's helped you greatly in your business. But your business days are being counted down. The door will open. The time will come. And the Lord says, I'll launch you like a rocket to a place and a people which the Lord says you'll call your own. And you'll see your own move of God and that which you desire. Equipping, equipping, equipping through knowledge, through knowledge and observation. Knowledge and observation. Learning, learning. Ways of the Spirit. Things of the Spirit. Learning, equipping, learning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And Priscilla, she'll go with you. She'll go with you. In health and power. Wow. We'll never lose them, amen. They'll always be up. They'll be always be part of Island Church, amen. Lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, 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 Doc. Doc, there's coming a change. There's coming a change. Now listen. Ah. Interesting. Promotions from man come strategically like a stair, like going up a ladder. You know what I mean? Like you're climbing a ladder. You, you, you get a position and, and then, you know, it's everybody's ambition or whatever to, to, to get to the next position, get to the next rung, to do that. The Lord says, don't view something that may look like a step down the ladder as something negative because it's actually going to be a door that will open to you actually getting on top of the ladder. Now listen, 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 listen. The Spirit of God, you will miss several steps that you will not have to take. That when God promotes you in this, others will say, how did he do that? He didn't do step four, five, six, seven, and eight. And you'll be able to say, look what the Lord has done. For I'm not here by my own ability. I'm here by the Spirit of the Lord. And it's going to be an answer to your prayer to relieve you of some stress and pressure to help you go into something so much more joyful and fulfilling. We release that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Woo, glory. Come on, lift your hands one more time and let's worship God. We worship you, Father. We glorify your name. Now, 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 before we dismiss, let's thank Him. Let's thank Him for the move of the Spirit. Father, we thank You for the Holy Ghost. We thank You for the move of the Spirit. We thank You, Spirit of God, for being with us, for being in us, for working through us, for speaking to us. We thank You, Lord. We thank You, Lord, for the prophetic. We despise not prophesying. Now remember, words from God are the potential of His heart.
You must take that word and frame it with the word of God, with the Bible, with scripture. Pray that into existence. Believe and stand for it. That's the way God does things. Amen. You love the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Everybody come back tonight and be with us if you will. Invite somebody. Didn't you all enjoy uh, uh, Mr. Daryl Strawberry last night? You know what? I'm going to tell you something. He's a man that's gave his testimony for 15 years that don't want to give his testimony no more. Did you see that last yeah. night? Yeah. He wants to preach. Uh -huh. We're going to let him preach. Yeah. Amen. We got enough testimonies around here. We won't hear him preach. Amen. Yeah. Invite somebody. Amen. Let's pray and be dismissed. Father, thank you so much for today. Woo. Praise God. Your glory. Let us just take it with us for the afternoon. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Lord God. Lord, as we leave, we claim as is our tradition. Psalms 91. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling. The angels of God have charge over us. Father, in our travels, the airways, the highways, seaways, railways, the righteous labor of our hands, yes, Lord, we bind that. No, 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 no industrial. Nothing at the plants. Nothing in construction. Nothing in our shops around the around the island of our, of our business owners? Yes, no, no, no. We will not yield to a season of accidents and trauma. No, in Jesus' name. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling. Angels of God, we cancel every assignment of the devil. Demon powers. No, no, we break the setup. You've not set it up. You've not set it up. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you for the fire of evangelism in our hearts. Stir it in us. So many hurting, empty hearts that need Jesus. So much pain. So much fear. Let our light shine. Let us be an answer to people's prayer. Let us be the problem to the adversary. Miracle in people's lives. Thank you, Father. You've qualified us for seed. You've stopped the manna. You've put the word in our hands. You've given us good ground to sow. We thank you, Father, for the great harvest of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. Shout it out. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.